Upwork shuts down operations in Russia and Belarus, hurting freelancers. Upwork's decision to suspend operations in major hubs of online freelance talent will only lead to bad outcomes for ordinary people. In a now all-too-common move of political virtue signaling, the online freelance platform Upwork has suspended operations in Russia and Belarus. Eastern Europe is a sturdy spoke on the wheel of online freelance talent, which is responsible for churning out a tremendous amount of work and content for clients on a budget. As someone who receives a significant portion of my income from clients on Upwork, I strongly oppose Upwork's decision to bar freelancers from working and clients from hiring them on the platform in Russia and Belarus. I've worked as an independent contractor for most of my adult life, and I've endured both short and very long periods of unemployment when the well runs dry for new jobs and clients and employers. It's bad enough when you don't know where your next job will come from, but when the very platform you need to contact people, create contracts, and get paid erects barriers to prevent you from doing so, well, I can't even imagine. I think we can all agree that the war in Ukraine is wrong. Vladimir Putin and the Russian military's decision to unilaterally invade a sovereign nation as part of some atavistic desire to resurrect the Russian Empire and reinforce its national security, whatever that means in 2022, is appalling, and people are being made to suffer and die in worse ways than just not having a job. But haven't we seen how divided opinion is on this conflict, even within Russia itself? Upwork isn't the only one who's jumped on the bandwagon of suspending all access to ordinary economic services, such as sending and receiving payments. Matt Taibbi, in his fantastic TK News feed, recently posted an article on how the payments industry, specifically processors like Visa and MasterCard, have spent decades clamping down on supposed moral indecency in the porn industry by denying payments involved with sexual content that falls outside their bizarre and often incomprehensible decency standards. This is often far beyond the letter of the law in terms of what is actually legal and illegal to portray on video but represents a kind of moral authority being exerted on society by these companies in order to control what kinds of content people are even able to find or access, let alone pay for or consume. This has been a repeating trend throughout the Ukraine conflict, and we've been seeing headlines every day for the last few days about how Russia's economy and its currency have been forced to a grinding halt. This might feel like a victory for progressive values and taking a stand against tyranny, but the question we should be asking ourselves is, how has this affected the lives of ordinary people in Russia? the vast majority of whom, I would imagine, have no interest in or are actively against the war. What if the money you held were suddenly worth nothing, and you couldn't even buy a loaf of bread? Just because we've never experienced hyperinflation and a rapid devaluation of our currency in places like the United States doesn't mean it can't or won't happen. Imagine waking up and not being able to buy food or gas or pay your bills because everything you worked and saved your whole life for suddenly isn't worth the paper it's printed on. During the recent collapse of Venezuela's currency, the Bolivar, I watched from Colombia while the air went out of the country next door like a balloon. People were posting videos online of supermarkets where the shelves were lined with aisles and aisles of single commodities, like bags of rice or Trader Joe's-style packets of shrink-wrapped fruit, which could only be purchased with government-issued coupons. Of course, that's only the stores that could get supplied by local socialist party committees. Many were just left empty and abandoned, or stuffed with food that suddenly nobody could afford to buy. While we all hashtag stand with Ukraine, it's important to remember that all the economic sanctions and pressure from the global financial industry, the goal of which is to force Russia's government to capitulate and end the war, does so by putting the squeeze on millions of ordinary people in Russia to try to get them to pressure their government for change. What we should remember is that in an authoritarian state, people don't have much in the way of options to put pressure on their government over anything. The brutality of the response to popular protests against the war inside Russia is proof of that, not to mention Belarus. 
Yes, Belarus is run by an autocratic dictator who resembles a large potato, but the people of that country are utterly subject to the whims of Alexander Lukashenko and his government, who see no problem aligning themselves with the aggressive, nationalistic aims of Putin's Russia. Did the people of Belarus have any choice in the matter? Other than managing to stir up a popular revolt with enough momentum behind it to absorb thousands of horrific deaths and disappearances before change can be achieved, or the country's government suffering a sudden and total collapse, I would say no, they didn't have much choice. Cutting off Russian and Belarusian freelancers from perhaps their only source of income, especially international income that might come in the form of dollars or euros, during a time which is sorely testing them all in very real ways, is a very bad idea. At best, they will be stuck trying to figure out how to scrounge money for daily necessities in the meantime. At the worst, this could radicalize people against Western countries and companies and create even more conflict down the road. Unfortunately, I think this is part of a recent trend by governments and industry, particularly liberal governments and large corporations which espouse progressive values and claim to support free speech, to clamp down on speech and movements that they feel are against their interests. The recent controversy over rejection of GoFundMe payments for Canada's Freedom Convoy truckers is proof enough of that. The Trudeau government in Ottawa has even announced that they will be using anti-terrorism laws under the Emergencies Act against people who fund or receive funds related to the Freedom Convoy. All this to stop a large group of people from expressing, through peaceful protest, what has started to become majority public opinion in Canada, that in a country which still has some of the most severe COVID-19-related restrictions on the books, Lockdowns have failed to do what they were touted as doing, preventing the spread of the disease, and that the restrictions need to end. Calling them anti-vaxxers, a position which some Canadian media voices had promoted, doesn't hold water either, since something like 70% of the truckers in the convoy were fully vaccinated, and simply protesting for their rights to return to work full-time, to make money and put food on it for their families on the table. People like Matt Taibbi, Majid Nawaz in his radical newsletter, and others have been pointing out with increasing urgency and frequency, the kinds of issues which are leading to more severe restrictions and punishments levied against ordinary people in the U.S., the U.K., and around the world for not towing the line of mainstream domestic and international policy. If they're right, experiments like COVID vaccine passports and social credit scores could soon become the norm, and we could see the threat of isolation from even the ability to make money used as a punishment for those who hold different views from those holding the keys to payment platforms, freelancer platforms like Upwork, and any service which enables people to earn a living in the modern digitized economy. Stop hurting the ordinary people of Russia and Belarus with crippling sanctions and denial of access to their own sources of income. Let's slow this train down before we reach a point where anyone can be targeted at any time with no oversight and cut off from their ability to make money. Read, survive. Included here is the full text of the letter from Upwork explaining their actions, full of activist hand-wringing about how difficult it was for them to make their decision. Here, I'll make it easy. Don't cut people off from their only way to make a living, especially when they might need those dollars or euros more than ever. And the text of the letter from Upwork follows. From Hayden Brown, Upwork President and CEO. Dear Miles, as the world's work marketplace, Upwork's mission is to create economic opportunities so people have better lives. In our more than 20 years of doing business, we've worked hard to bring our marketplace to more people with the belief that when people have the ability to innovate their careers and work, they can reach their full potential. Well, I'm just going to editorialize a little bit here. <laughs> you say you've worked hard to bring your marketplace to more people, help them innovate in their careers and work, and reach their full potential. How does cutting them off from their potential help them at all? <clears throat> anyway, Russian President Vladimir Putin's war against Ukraine has challenged our mission, values, and our operational ability to bring economic empowerment to those who seek it. Upwork has begun suspending operations in Russia and Belarus, 
and will take full effect by May 1st, 2022. The first step will be shutting down Upwork's support for new business generation in Russia and Belarus. Over the next few days, freelancers and clients in Russia and Belarus will no longer be able to sign up for new accounts, initiate new contracts, and be visible in search. In other words, how anyone gets any work on Upwork. We honor the relationships that exist between our customers and recognize the swift adjustments that they will need to make as they process this announcement. As such, existing contracts with talent and clients in the region will remain open with final billing due by May 1st, 2022. And here comes the hand ringing. We made this decision with the utmost consideration. From the beginning of the war, Upwork has been fervently working to support the safety, security, and well-being of our many team members in the region, as well as the business needs of our customers. We fully understand the significant impact this decision has on our Upwork community in Russia and Belarus. Do you? Do you understand that impact? And we want these customers to know that if and when they're able to relocate to regions where we operate, we will be eager to support them in continuing their work on our platform. Additionally, should the geopolitical situation in Russia and Belarus change, we hope to be able to resume operations. Oh boy, so if the politics change to something Upwork's like, Upwork likes, then they'll bring back your ability to make money. That's wonderful. We are heartbroken and horrified by the invasion of Ukraine. Upwork is concurrently working on measures, both immediate and rolling out soon, to further support Ukrainian freelancers and the Ukrainian community, including a $1 million donation to Direct Relief International in support of the Ukrainian population, product enhancements to make it easier for Ukrainian freelancers to preserve the careers they've worked so hard to establish, whether or not they're currently able to work. Yeah, what about the careers of freelancers in Russia and Belarus that worked so hard to establish them, <laughs> whether or not they're currently able to work, whether Upwork decides they can work or not? Programs to make it easier for clients to maintain their existing relationships with and provide financial assistance to talent in Ukraine. And a $100,000 matching program for donations from our own team members to aid in humanitarian relief in Ukraine. Well, I'll tell you what, you're going to need some humanitarian relief in Russia and Belarus pretty soon uh, if you keep cutting people off from their ability to make money. While we continue to navigate these crucial decisions and actions, you can view communications via our community resources page, which we are updating frequently with new developments and FAQs. Our hearts and support go out to all those affected by this senseless aggression against Ukraine. We hope that a path to peace is ahead for Ukraine and that we are able to bring our mission back to Russia and Belarus in the future. Yeah, let's hope so for the untold number of freelancers who work in, in Russia I don't know about Belarus, but those, I mean, Eastern Europe, there's just so many uh, freelancers who, who work for cheap on these online platforms uh, for people who, you know, don't want to pay how much they should pay someone like me to get for, for an, you know, an English uh, native English speaker to, to create their content. But anyway, that's a whole other gripe. Anyway, sincerely, Hayden Brown, president and CEO of Upwork.